Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you're listening to in the world and whatever time zone you're on, you are very welcome to Talk Till the Cows Come Home podcast. This is season two, and I am truly honoured, truly, to be joined by a legend, is all I can say, an absolute legend, Dara Morgan, a chap I met a year, a year or so ago. He came to my attention about two years ago, but we'll get into that. Um, and we got chatting down the beach randomly one day and I just said to myself, this fella's story needs to be shared. So, Dara, you are very welcome. Thank you for thanks, coming along. Thanks a million. Absolute legend yourself. It's a pleasure to be here, yeah. All the way from? Galway. Yes. Didn't run. Didn't oh, run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I take the bike, which is surprising. But, uh, I was surprised when I seen the van pull up. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I was half expecting to leave the side gate open. In working mode at the moment. Too. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so, listen, I remember... Uh, Watching Instagram and Sasso, a friend of yours um, and, and a guy I followed, was traveling around Ireland. Mm. It was during lockdown or just after lockdown, wasn't it? During lockdown, yeah. And um, all I remember is just different idyllic beaches and uh, forests. And oh, it was just beautiful. And you were, you, you were cooking Michelin star meals, basically. Oh, yeah. Every night. And then as you were walking your way around, you had different places and people were coming and, and, and different people from Dublin kept coming to meet you. And then I remember just the night at the bar when you had the, the pig on the spit. Oh, yeah, yeah, the full pig, yeah. yeah. And you were doing the stuff and, and I was just like, wow. So how did that all begin or how did that start? And So did you know what? It was it was a really weird one. Um, I, I was kind of at a point in my life um, where I was, I was a little bit lost. I didn't really know what I was doing. I lived in Waterford for years. I grew up in Waterford, so I was down, I was drinking a lot. Like, um, wasn't in a great place. And I was, I met Soso through boxing, and Derek Hearn actually mm. uh, sent me on um, a video of Soso on the boat with Dara. Now I knew Soso loosely, like, um, but he was in my local village. I grew up just near Dummer East in Warford. I said, fucking hell. I was at nothing. I was drinking. I felt, I just, with everything in my life, I didn't really know where things were going. I was thinking about emigrating to Canada or doing something and with myself because I knew what I was doing at the moment. I was a bit lost. So I just went down and I went down onto this pirate ship, met the captain, Dara Carroll. I met Glenn. We're having the crack. We, we sat down had a meal, John Dory fucking cooking and we were making fondue and all that. and it was just like it was like I was in a fucking tunnel, you know? Mm-hmm. And it kind of felt like this is what you're gonna do for life. This and it was like it just opened up and I was like, fucking people can live like this. People live with absolute freedom, like, you know, and you can do and it kind of spurred a little bit of a, an adventure in me. So I actually I quit my job. And I joined them on the boat from there down to Kerry. And then it was, I think, four or five months traveling around Ireland, horse and carts, camping, sleeping, cooking every night. And do you know what? It was the best decision I've ever made. And it's since that I've always tapped into that, that moment where I found that kind of sense of adventure and sense of freedom within myself, you know. I'd love to know what was in that fondue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally the just went, yeah, yeah, just went and said, right, that's it, done. That's it. I just, I just knew from that moment, I was like, whatever these are doing now, I'm doing it. 
I'm I'm joining them. You know, it's like a tribe. You just it's found. like a tribe. I just just hearing the story as well with what Dara's like Dara's story. Obviously, if you don't know it, it's um, I won't go into the full thing. But on Dara Carroll's page, you can see bringing blame and fertility is very beautiful story, and I wanted to be in some way part of that, and that kind of really ignited a spark that was in me for years. You know, I was always very deeply ingrained and had a love for nature and I really loved the, the kind of sentiment of what he was doing so I was like look this is, this is a no-brainer like you know something brought me here and I'm gonna stay you know I'm not gonna in. yeah I'm not gonna go back yeah. so you were a ship hand I was a ship hand yeah yeah I was a commie chef almost yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well obviously Sasso comes from a a, a cooking background so some yeah. of the stuff he does be and, and the ingredients oh. and all he needs is this but and, and just setting up in the beach yeah. with a few rocks and yeah yeah. You know, even the bags and it's just, it's getting the spices. Well, that's the thing. We're, we're diving even for spider crabs. I don't know if you've seen like spider crabs, but they're very like, big. And like I, I used to like see them a bit on the, they wash up on the beach, but never did I expect like I'd be diving there, picking up a crab, we're cooking it and eating it then on the boat, like, you know, in a, in a stove. So it's just literally like, completely different from what I was used to and before meeting the lads I couldn't boil water like I was really I wasn't a great cook at all at all and after that like it was like a graduate like straight into a fucking master's degree cooking over fire everything everything else now is a bit easier like you know so yeah. it was do you know what I looked like a documentary and and it was just pity it was on Instagram stories yeah instead of having an actual videographer recording it yeah do you know like because it's we were only saying that it's one of the most unique, just even the image, like, you know, from following it, the Instagram stories, people were hooked to it. Like, it was just, like, I'll give you one example. Like, the Dara was there, we were in Ballybunion, and this is just one of few, walking a horse and to the ATM, getting <laughs> his money out of the ATM with the horse in hand. It was like something out of fucking Wild Wild West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a, and a horse and cart and a fire and smoke coming off and people stopping but the ho- the cart's on fire there and we're like ah oh, we know we know we're fucking carrying the fire to it so oh my god yeah, yeah it was crazy it's like a, the, the land from before when you're going horse and cart and then you have to go to a bank machine yeah, <laughs> yeah i know yeah yeah it's the colliding of two worlds like but the, the, the well not the finale but there was some sort of festival wasn't there in um, ishnock ishnock yeah, yeah. and that was to hold the pig and but the stuffing alone like there must have been about two or three hands on that stuff and then you know obviously it took a lot yeah oh, i was a big pig it takes a whole day to yeah yeah prepare it like you know me and dara were flat out in the kitchen and glenn was there uh, recording <laughs> well he's flat out a bit like, tell you what to yeah, do. yeah yeah tell yeah. us what to do yeah put them fire yeah oh, it, was, it was fabulous and, and and i suppose it's still on the stories and it's highlights yeah it's still it's, there yeah the beach some of the beaches you found from from hiding that secret beach where the farmer Oh yeah, you yeah. had to run across. I think were you with me at that stage? Yeah, yeah. yeah, um. But I've heard of that beach. Oh, it's unbelievable. And another beach there, Valencia Island. There's some beautiful beaches mm. down there. It's like in the summer, it's oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. But you you, you just said there about your your love for nature. Um. So let's bring it right back. Where did mm. that start, or where did that? Yeah, because so where I I was chatting to you on the beach. So like. My my love for nature really came from my granddad, mm. um, and he instilled three really important lessons that I 
that I keep throughout my life really now. Um, and I kind of thank him every day for his kindness, curiosity and spirituality. And, you know, that curiosity within nature is a big one for me. You know, why, why does that happen? Why, why does that? Um, so like, just for example, for him, he ignited that in me because um, he bought a house in Dublin and he bought it in the middle of Kulak, you know, he could have bought it somewhere else, but he knew that this garden, he, he looked at the soil, he knew that this was great for a garden. And he just, every day he was gardening, didn't go on holidays because he knew he needed to, you know, tend to the, he used to, uh, he used to order a big thing of manure into the front garden. And all the neighbours, oh, you're bringing shite into the, <laughs> you know, the yeah, front yeah, garden. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, no, this is for the plants. And, you know, he knew this specific type. Of, he had to get in Tipperary, you know, from a dairy farm from this guy. He knew all that. And, you know, we were always kind of laughing and very meticulous with it. But, you know, he would always bring the things that he grew, grew into the, into the house and his wife would cook them and it was just like you could see that deep love and appreciation and patience within him then mm -hmm. and I was kind of enthralled by it I was like jeez this is so self-sufficient self-sufficient yeah but my own mom now she has uh, a little garden a little um, food garden out her back and you know she'd always make me hummus or she'll bring you know she'll give me um, soup and she'll mm. or you know, apple puree from stuff that she's grown. Yeah. And I suppose there's nothing better than when you cook something or when you grow something um, and then it's ready to be eaten. Yeah. yeah. And you're sitting down. It gives you a bit more gratitude, I suppose, yeah. towards what you're eating. Because everything is so quick these days. Yeah. You just run to the shops and you just buy this. And when you actually have to save for, save for something and, and spend money that you've saved for months on, you get a better appreciation from it. Yeah. It's that instant gratification that we're always getting now. And it was literally like months and months and maybe even years i remember if you go to that place where he, he was there was no trees around it and he planted the trees while he was there and only when he died there was a damson tree that's the first time it started uh fruit mm -hmm. so it just shows that like that pay you you might be planting things that you don't even get to see like that was his almost mindset like that was his almost that i won't get to enjoy it but other people and that's kind of a legacy thing you know yeah it's that famous um saying i think that was on uh, on a program where the girl is sitting on the bench and she said um i don't know specifically but it's about the men who grow trees who will never sit in their shade yeah yeah, yeah. wise men plant trees whose shade they know they'll never sit yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, so they're not doing it for them. Yeah. They're not doing it. This is this is for the future. And yeah. I suppose with the the housing crisis at the moment, there's your granddad so many years ago. I'll buy a house because the garden is amazing. Yes, yeah, because the garden's amazing. Yeah. Don't yeah. worry about the house. Don't worry about the house. The house was basic bungalow, small. The garden, massive, huge. Amazing. Just, that story stuck with me when you said it to yeah. me because again, I'm very much into synchronicities and and, and sometimes and it was a random Wednesday, two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, and I was yeah. there with Tara. And we were having a dip, and, and, and I don't know where you came along on your bike. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. little postman bike, yes. which you'll get to. Yeah. And and we, we got into the sea, the waves. I remember I'm just chatting to you, and I just said, like, so interesting. But that story was so, so beautiful, yeah. I think. And, yeah. and, and it sat with you because that's when you discovered your values and your beliefs mm. and your love for nature. 
exactly and and it's when i discovered that you know we are similar we're connected to that like you know that's what he always taught me is like you know you water you give it sunlight and you give it patience and it's the same with yourself you know you feed yourself you you know you treat yourself well and you give yourself patience as well you know and that's a big thing and something i probably struggle with that i have to like pull myself back because obviously when you're doing things and you're achieving and you know there's no real patience now in it's all let's get this let's do this but it's like take your time take patience it takes work it takes years to cultivate a beautiful garden it also takes years to cultivate a really robust body a really robust mind mm -hmm. a robust person you know so yeah um, I suppose it's that patience with yourself as well. Well, very yeah, very true. Because I I, I was recording a podcast with um, Claire yesterday, and she does like our six month, twelve month, two year, five year goals. Plan, yeah, yeah. And and so far she's ticked them all off. But she says sometimes the twelve month one doesn't come within the twelve months. Yeah, it might yeah. come within the five year, but it's still getting done. Yeah. And to give yourself that patience to be able mm. to say, Do you know what, I'll get it. Mm. Um. You know, people have often said to me, you had a fantastic year last year, Marcus. And I was like, but I had a fantastic four months. I got asked on to two amazing podcasts. I obviously got my results and, and set up my business and uh, released my journal. But that was really towards the end of the year. Mm. The first six months was horrific. Yeah. It was really, really bad. You know, I was, I was struggling and I was waiting to get to, to my results before I could start all of that. But I kept the patience. Yeah. I could see the bigger picture. Yeah, and yeah. working towards that. Working yeah. towards that. I said, these are the sacrifices you have to make for the long-term goal. Mm -hmm. But again, people will only see the good things. Yeah. They don't see the struggles and people going off on holidays and you're saying, no, no, you work away. I'm, I'm, yeah. you know, I can't. So it is giving yourself that bit of patience yeah. and not being so hard on yourself. It's the kind of overnight success thing, you know, oh, Jesus, like it just came out of nowhere. <laughs> years and years of work. It's like a, a flower in the ground. It doesn't go up there but it's the roots are developing and then it just shoots it's, up yeah there's actually a story at the bamboo plant i think it just for five years it does nothing and then within six months it's massive massive yeah and it is it's, it's it is a good analogy when it comes to life and people in general yeah yeah, yeah. So i wanted you to share that because i think people will get a lot from it um so then living in waterford moved to Moved to Dublin and I actually, I lived with my granddad then. So that was a, a like, look, I think within my own um, self, that was a brilliant time because I I really got a lot out of that trip with, with Dara, um, with Glenn. And then I got a lot out living with my granddad and like helping him out as well. Like, you know, um, he lost his wife. So obviously loneliness is a big thing. So... I was helping me out with that and yeah um since then i've been i was living up in dublin and then kind of moved on to galway mm -hmm. yeah um and, you know he was he you were looking after him but in ways he was looking after yeah. you as well yeah. and he was, yeah. he was showing you his ways and, and you learn so much yeah. once you have that as you said patience with people because sometimes yeah. the older generation don't get enough credit no for what they can offer us invaluable i always find like older people have they have so much more knowledge and so much more life experience than us so let's let's listen to them mm -hmm. and, you know geez some of the stories and some of the things 
he was like, I was just like a sponge soaking it up. And I think that really matured me as a person being around people like that. And that's why, you know, in a lot of cultures, the older generations are revered, you know, they're shamans, they're whatever. And I think definitely I would try and implement that a little bit more here. Like it's obviously it's hard if you don't have your grandparents or someone that's that age, but I think the respect for people, even you know, I even find swimming most mornings in, in Galway and stuff. Some of the old, old people I'll be chatting to, they have stories for days and such knowledge. And yeah, it's, it's great to just listen to them and chat to them. Like, you it's know? fantastic to see all the generations out in the city, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, it's like a daily thing for them. Yeah. That's their medicine. Yeah. That's one thing about sea swimming. There's such a range of people that are doing it. Um, so then where did all this adventure start? Yeah, so I really liked that. That trip was my first, like, proper wild kind of adventure, you know? So only then? Yeah, only then. So fitness, sports-wise, back in school? or Sports-wise in school, I was always mad into it. I was obsessed, really, I would say, with, with boxing. Okay. Um, boxing was everything to me. Like, I was, um, I was just... I was getting up, so like my kind of a routine, as you would call it, I'd get up six o'clock in the morning before school, go for like a, I don't know, six or a, to a 10k run, go into school, um, and then after training, and I do that every day, five days a week, and then the weekends, I'd have a fight or a football match, and... I was just milita- militaristic with mm. it, like, you know, hey, not a chance, like... You'd see me every morning, six o'clock running, every morning, the fucking black sacks, and I didn't know what the crack was, but cutting weight and all this stuff, like, but tethering on the, the kind of dangerous side of things, so I'd actually kind of, I was obsessed with, like, my weight and always, like, getting it down, getting it down, um, so it did kind of bring about that kind of, this negative relationship with weight and mm-hmm. food and things like that, which I did carry when I eventually went into college I started fucking drinking a lot and I didn't have that structure anymore because college is like mm-hmm. fucking do whatever you want really like you know so without that structure I kind of fell apart and I started drinking a lot started then gaining a, a bit of weight like and I was like what the f-? you know because we are not in that regiment and yeah I had to kind of wrestle it back a bit and I really find that just stumbling upon adventure mm-hmm. and nature and it kind of brought back about that back to me but not in that as regimented way and I could kind of enjoy it yeah yeah, yeah 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 with that discipline I suppose boxing is you know I say you have to have so much discipline oh, massive, yeah. and you know to be thinking in the ring and thinking on your feet about your footwork and about defending yourself about when to use the right punch or whatever but even the training aspect and I suppose people are brought up with the Rocky movies and mm, the, yeah. you know and the, the intensity of it but they don't see the cutting weight yeah. they don't see you know and, and, and I've been following Emmett and Emmett's rise and you know I suppose since the Olympics I and mean, with Katie Taylor boxing is starting to become again a popular sport mm. um, but it is the discipline that you have to say no to people no, I can't go out. No, I can't yeah. eat that. No, I can't do this. And I've got, and it's it's so regimental that maybe two or three days before the fight, you have to put your body through that intense pressure. Yeah, and um, like I always say, amateur boxing is fucking 
it's terrible for young people that want to fucking like do like really do it and they're obsessed about weight because you basically weigh in on the day that you fight so say in the morning you'll weigh in yeah what what happens in professional boxing is you weigh in the day before you've loads of time to refuel so obviously a big cut will take it out of you but you have a full day mm-hmm. when you're boxing you could have maybe three four hours to refuel and you know yourself if you're starved there's nothing in your stomach you're eating loads of stuff someone hits you to the body yeah you yeah. over yeah. the ring so you're sluggish you're slow and there's no real nutritional kind of advice it's people that are giving up their own time you know coaches they mightn't know that much so it's um it's a it's a it's a thing that i actually brought up i was like look this has to be improved in amateur clubs because you have guy clubs like minor they don't need to cut weight mm-hmm. nutritionists and whatever you know it's so they're given the given the resources to these people that don't need them exactly yeah yeah, yeah. It sounds familiar yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds, familiar. sounds familiar yeah um so then obviously the adventure and what did that lead you to then because i you know I, I spoke about the bike and you have a little postman's bike <laughs> with a basket in the front yeah and you say you often go around galway mm. doing your job you know what going around galway city yeah. Um, on your bike. Yeah, yeah. It's it's freedom, really. I think adventure to me is 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 a sense of freedom and a sense of connection. You know, when I get up on, I, like, there's nothing more that, that I love to do is just get up on the bike. I have another bike that's like my 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 kind of more adventure bike, which would be has panniers on the back, and I just stuff everything like tent, whatever I need into the back of that. And I know last year, I like, I just went up to Acca, so cycled from Galway to Acca, which is good spins, like two hundred k, I think, something like that. Um, and I just got my tent, and I just camped along the way, cooking, camping, and I just needed that. Like, I just needed that so. And you know what? That just for for me, it's like plugging myself back in, recharge, recharge, come back, brand new, brand new. Don't mind it, like I'm back into the routine, I'm, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I just find without them little mini adventures, um, you know, I, I just I feel there is something lacking there. So it's always plugging back in as as much as I can as possible. And all that time in your own, you you don't doesn't bother you. No, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, maybe I'm a little bit of an introvert. I'd say boy, but I love just time on my own just have a book with nature you're never really on your own own, i find when i'm in nature like i know one of the days i was there it's similar to this kind of story i heard in a book but i read it in a book this great book called grandfather but it was basically he was looking at the northern lights and he kind of felt so lonely because he was on his own you know there's no one there with him but he looked to the side and there was a bird just looking at it with him (laughs) And I kind of had that moment as well. There was like a sun set and I was looking at the cliffs there in Ackle. I'm not sure if you've ever been in Ackle, but you can walk over and the sun set there. There's a sunset in the west. Oh, unbelievable, beautiful. But I was there, I was like, geez, I'd love to kind of share this with someone. A little robin right beside yeah. me. Just kind of looked at each other and I was like, right. A lot of times we think yeah. we're alone, but we're not. Absolutely, and robins do symbolise... Um, people in the past who've passed on yeah 
So it gives us that little bit of yeah. comfort, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, my head is thinking, I know you came in here and you were saying you should get a lake out your back, but I'm in my head, I'm saying, <laughs> Dara Marvin could do an Instagram page on the best sunsets and sunrises and, in and Ireland, yeah. in Ireland and yeah, all the different yeah. places, the hidden gems. Yeah, yeah. Because people are always looking. I think the more, again, since COVID, I suppose, people have been appreciating Ireland a lot mm, more mm. and what we have, the beauty. And, you know, to find those hidden gems or to find those places that not everybody goes yeah, to, yeah. to be able to say, well, look at that. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's what makes it the, the raw, rugged authenticness of them. Like, for me, I have nothing wrong. Like, there's nothing wrong with people that go to touristy spots or tourist spots, but I just love something wild. You mm, know, they're mm. just wild. It's untapped. You are just there as a passerby, as an observer. Like, you know, there's a national park in Mayo called Wild Neffin National Park. And if you get it on a dark sky, it's just like you see everything, Milky Way, everything. Wow. And for me, places like that is just not a sinner around, just view and nature is bliss. Bliss. It sounds beautiful. It really yeah. does. And it's like, it, it gives me for the summer, I'm like, right, I'm writing all these yeah, places yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a list. Um, so then, obviously, the like, yeah, just casually trolling and I just went up to Ackle on a bike for 200 kilometres on the camping. Uh, I saw you last week, was it, you were down the beach and you were cooking seaweed? Yeah, yeah. Just, again, just yeah. getting out. And... Just getting out and just even seeing the, like, you know, kelp. A lot of people wouldn't eat seaweed in Ireland, but it's actually a thing, like, especially on the West Coast, that people use in the Iron Islands to actually farm, first off, a layer of seaweed, and that enabled growth of like land, and that enabled them to have agriculture on the land. So seaweed is this like real rich, deep nutrient, and there's so much of it around Ireland, um, and a lot of it can be ate, like mm. kelp, for example. Like it can be, it's and it has a really cool kind of thing. It's brown, and when you put it over the fire, it turns green. Oh, so that's it's cool. Yeah, yeah that's brilliant. Yeah. So. But again, I suppose it's like everything that if we if we understand what product what what stuff does like even the sea moss the sea moss is the new thing now mm. everyone is putting on their faces mm. and they're putting into their smoothies so this is all just people thinking of all the nutrients that are in various things yeah and putting yeah. it to use yeah this is good for your skin this is good mm. for your nails this is good for your digestive system so it's only a matter of time that everything is coming from the land again that's just been put into a bottle yeah or yeah. being sold yeah and you're just cutting out that middle person and just just going straight to just the go straight to the source just going straight to the source um so then obviously last year was the run from Galway to Dublin. Yeah. Just you know. Yeah. Cause, just because you can, yeah. yeah. So how did that come about? So I actually I cycled it three times and I said to myself and do you know what it was actually in twenty twenty two I said to myself, ring out the, the end of the year, I'm gonna run from Galway to Dublin run home basically is the kind of, <laughs> was the kind of idea right so it, this was December it was fucking freezing I remember this day didn't really even plan out the route properly I kind of had it in my mind oh, yeah I'll go up by Monavane had a big fucking massive rucksack on my back stuffed as much stuff as I could in it didn't even have a water bottle so I got a two litre bottle of water and just fucking squashed it like that and put it in the side uh, like one of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. squashed it down. Um, I think I got to, I got as far as some fucking village. But anyway, I was pitch dark, it was freezing. 
Ah, oh, I was fucking in bits by, I'd say it was 60k in. I, I was shitting in every single field. I was fucking jumping out. I was like, jeez, I don't know how long I can do with this. And I was kind of going to a walking pace. And it, I, there's very few moments that I pack it in. Like, I'm, like, that is one thing I would say. I fucking, I'll grit through a lot of shit, like, you know. Um, but I just found myself, I was like, Unprepared. Uh, unprepared. Call it a day. This this just isn't. You're not. You're realistically not going to do it. So it, it, I know. Do you know what? It was a tough hit for me because before that, like I was kind of on this, and I was doing these, like you know, I achieved these things, like sub train marathons, and doing all this kind of real athletic stuff and achievement, and you know, getting a lot of things. And this was kind of one of the first, like m- not major, but a failure in that kind of athletic adventure endeavor you know um so i kind of went back with my tail between my legs and then you know feeling a little bit but i was like right how can i learn from this i was like okay for first off definitely not doing it in winter because the cold actually saps the energy out of your legs so i was like okay do it in a better time of the year i also knew that i needed a support crew i needed you know liquids fluid like jumping over into gas clubs getting filling up water just wasn't it wasn't sustainable so I, I said right I know I need a crew I need a van and I need to do it in summer at some size and then I need to recce the route properly because the route I went on I was like I'm gonna get knocked down by a car even if there is a support mm-hmm. route so it wasn't the right way and then just by talking to other people they said oh yeah the van slow and lock railway is the way to go so I cycled that um in february i think it was so this time last year um i cycled all of that and then i was like okay right this is the route and I'm just gonna start planning towards it and i just kind of did my own thing wasn't like majorly fo- but then i kind of got it in my head okay we're doing this now and then i put the plans in place i put it out there i said look i'm looking for a bit of help with this and that's one thing i have learned like if you ask for help a lot of times people will will help you. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, if you I'm, don't if you don't ask. <laughs> I mean that business. Yeah, you know, you know what what I mean? Mean, yeah. and, and with people's mental health or yeah, people, but anything. Yeah. But anything. You know, people trying to struggle to carry things from one end to the next. Just ask someone to give yeah. you a lift, you know. But yeah, so go on, you ask for and, help. And that's the thing, I try to take the whole brunt of that journey on my own shoulders, everything. And it just got too much. And I think it it is it is again akin to to that in life like you know we take on so much oh, i don't want to be asking i don't want to be burning but if you really want to like and the strap line forward the run was um if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together do you know and that was a big thing like i wouldn't have been able to do it at all if it wasn't for that crew if it wasn't for everyone you know helping me out supporting me along the way and it's the same with ourselves like you know we need people around us like we can only do so much on our own no matter how fit strong powerful whatever we are if we don't have that like we're not gonna get to where we need to you know and that, that was a big learning for me yeah. but it was it was brilliant you know you got a great crew yeah um, you did yeah. it for a wonderful charity yeah sore foundation yeah you know, it's great yeah so what is the sore foundation so the sore foundation they do um resiliency based workshops along ireland and i actually um i was in on a few of the workshops myself and i seen the work that they were doing and it's 
that's brilliant. Like I just I I wish at that age they kind of go into transition years a lot. Jeez, mm. something like that. It's brilliant because it really exposes you to resilience at that age and kind of in the environment of the schools that probably aren't look I, I, I suppose it's hard to know exactly school to school but I know my school wasn't like focused on that at all you know and I think presenting young people with challenges and trying to overcome them is a brilliant way to you know build up resiliency mm-hmm. brilliant way to build up your mental health because a lot of people are faced with not that much and then they go into life and it's like, fuck, I've no tools, I've nothing, I haven't experienced anything like this, you know? Yeah. Whereas when you confront people at a younger, okay, this is how you manage it. little tools for life, mm. you know, it might just, you know, help someone in a crisis Of course, and um, we spoke about it, I think, you know, when people in schools, if they understand about maybe attachment or a bit about addiction or they know about mm. codependency, just even a small bit. When they do come across at 18, 19, it's not the end of the world. They sort of have some sort of yeah. knowledge about yeah. it. Um, and, and, you know, you see it now nowadays as older men's groups and men's sheds where men are going out and doing exactly that and they're doing a bit of wrestling in the fields and they're yeah. doing um, sea, sea dipping and they're hiking and they're getting so much benefit from that in their 50s and 60s mm. that they wouldn't have had for years growing up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the knowledge that you would, and we spoke about getting out and getting groups of, of lads out there and understanding that you don't need anyone. Mm. I think what society at the moment is you can't do anything on your own or you're even a fear of leaving your mates. And when your mates are out doing drugs or drinking or, you know, up to violent, violent stuff or crime, and you don't want to be part of it, but yet you'd say, I'll be a part of it because I'd rather that than be on my own. That's the thing, yeah. You know, and then when someone goes on their first hike and understands nature and sees how beautiful it is just to get out for a few hours, it's that same dopamine hit that they get from a bag of coke or, yeah. you know, a night in the piss. Yeah. And that that's touching on that. That's so important because I think one of the true values, like I, freedom is a big value of mine, but how to obtain that truly is by being your full authentic self. And by, like, I even find, I know myself because I was trying to fit in with people. I was fake, I was drinking. And I had to ask myself, do I even fucking like drink? Mm-hmm. Do I even like this? Like, no. I hated it. I always hated it, but I wanted to fit in. I wanted to, you know, oh, well, what else would I be doing, you know, on a Saturday? I'd have no friends then. And then I kind of said to myself, no. If I'm my full, authentic self, do I want to do this? No. And what is being you? It's a lonely place. But what happens is, after a while, people get attracted to who you actually are, not who you're portraying. You're like this fucking guy who's out in the session. He's great crack drinking. What you what you have inside, as opposed to what you can bring. Exactly, and that's a pure like my friendships now are so pure because I'm I'm me around them, and they like me. For me, even my flaws, even my thing, I'm not trying to hide anything. But they like me for me, I like them for them, and I know, and that's, I learned that from them, is just to be, like, so so even, for example, mad stuff he wears, just, he's just himself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, stuff he said, like, there's no, there's no that kind of massively overly filtered or anything like that, and I I appreciate that more than 
than anything. You know? he's, he's in the middle of processing who he is as well yeah, and all the yeah. stuff that he unanswered questions. And yeah. He's asking them for himself. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I wrote a newsletter last week and I, and I was saying about people go on this healing journey and they think, oh, I'm healed. And, you know, mm. but the big test is when they meet some someone else or a new dynamic comes into the relationship, whether it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend, a new group of friends, they start a job, mm. they can join a new sports club. And they might have thought that they've healed because they've been on their own and then throw in another dynamic. See how you are then. See when the triggers come. Are you yeah. are you healed enough to be able to not let them bite? Yeah. yeah. Are, are you able to say, no, I don't drink? Are yeah. you able to say, no, I'm heading home early? Stop being that people pleaser yeah. and, and better say yes or they won't bite. Yeah, yeah. So it is. It's, it's, listen, I, I'm, it's, it's fantastic that you've got to this stage. Mm. Um. Because I, I haven't even revealed your age yet. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the big reveal. Yeah, yeah. But that's this is just some of the stuff, and I'm saying it's, just, it's how fascinating you are. Um, so then, obviously, then the run to Dublin with which John and, and Ken and all yeah. the lads were helping. But again, following that, you had a van. You had the lads cooking at the side yeah. of the road. Yeah. You had Michelin the, star meals. Michelin yeah. star meals. Where would you get it? Like, you know, like the coddle or the stew was it? The cod. Oh, the coddle was the, the best. Like, but there was salmon in salmon. Abalone. Coddle was unbelievable because we were we got into Mullingar and the, the weather turned shite and we were on this greenway that was just just you know it's like a tunnel like you just know rain. and it was raining and just uh, at least when we were on the road kind of there was different sights and you know you're looking at things the greenway is just like a trees all around like that and just head down for like I think it was like five hours just Jesus. running okay. just constantly you know and. Um, so that cobble was was uh, was hard bet. Like, yeah, yeah there's you and your recovery boots and yeah. everyone else. You were knackered, and everyone else was eating. Everyone else, <laughs> no, but the lads were more knackered than like. I have to give a shout out to all the support crew. Like, but they they stayed in mine and Galway on the fucking. I think it was the night before, but no one got any sleep. There's about ten lads packed into a house that was the size of this room, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and people sleeping on the floor and see uh, just mad stuff. So. Not many people got asleep, so it was that kind of block of when I was running down the canal where Ken helped me out that, geez, no one wanted it. That was the graveyard shift, you right. know? So uh, no better man than yeah, Ken. Yeah, put his hand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was just, yeah, it was fascinating to watch. It was, it was, it was, it looked like great crack. Yeah. And I suppose coming into Dublin would have, oh. would have been a... Jesus, coming in, because you know what, I cycled it and I, I knew myself, I was I was kind of just getting these milestones and this is what I do with a lot of big adventures and a guy said it to me actually when I was doing um, the Hardman, the Ironman, an older guy and he saw, he, he actually came social and passing, he was like, you can only eat an elephant one bite at a time, so it's like, you know, chunk in this big guy, if I thought, Jesus, I'm running to Dublin. So I just said, right, I'm running to Lockray. Once I got to Lockray, Ballinasloe. Once I got to Ballinasloe, Atlone, Atlone, Mullingar, Mullingar, Minute. Once I got to Minute, then the sun started coming up. I was out in the fucking rain. I was into new gear. I was like, right. But there was no sleep at this, was there? No sleep, no. no, no. 36 hours, no sleep. That is one thing, like, I didn't need to do that. Do you know, a lot of people were like, I knew, like, like going back to what we discussed mm. about, I didn't want, like, to ask. I, I didn't want to, to do it for 
anything, not to just say, oh, I ran across Ireland. I'm doing it, like, internally, like, and I will say, like, my mission statement, and it, it will be here, and I figured it out, it will be always there, I know what it is, it's to inspire myself first, and then, as a byproduct of that, inspire others, and in order to inspire myself, I was, I am, I, I said, I am running this, and I'm running this straight through, I'm not sleeping, I'm not doing it, I'm running this straight through, and I said it to myself, I said that, and there was nothing uh, that was stopping me from doing that. Um, and I actually I got into this weird kind of a meditative state. Like once you push through the fucking lack of sleep. And it was like, I was just... Spiritually, it was yeah, just, yeah. It was just beautiful. beautiful. On reflection, now can you look back and say, thank fuck I pulled up after 60 kilometers on my own with that big backpack. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank fuck. Oh, jeez. I don't know what I would have done. I would have had to sleep like halfway through or some, something yeah, like yeah. that. I, I wouldn't, or just walk the whole thing or something like that. Um, but I kind of said to myself, I'll get it back. Like, you know, but that's, that's the thing about failure. Like, you know, it's, it's such a, like, I become a master of failure. Like a lot of things I've done, I've fucking, but it fell straight on my face. And what I've learned is to just fucking keep keep getting back up. Mm. Keep getting back up. I'm not... I was ne- even in boxing. Never the most talented. Never the tallest. Never the best. N- nothing. No real physical attributes. But the one thing is just fucking... I can just keep getting back up. Keep getting back up. Keep... And like you see people that are so much more talented. So much... So much more going for them. I just keep going. I just kept getting up. I just kept getting up. Rocky won. Yeah, Rocky exactly. Won. Rocky won. Yeah, just keep keep getting up. Just keep getting up, and becoming that master of failure is the only way to succeed. Really. Wow, wow. Yeah. Um, and then Hardy man. Yeah, so yeah. Like, <laughs> when I saw, I'm not gonna lie, right? When yeah. I saw that you actually competed, because we didn't know. And we were down the shelters, I think, and, and I think there was a joke going around. Daryl's probably walking, walking by with a breakfast bat, but he went, shall I give that a go? Where are they running off? Yeah, and he yeah. just jumped in. It was like, no training, no nothing. He just said, right, I'm going to do this. Yeah, so what yeah. does that entail? So that was, yeah, so, like, honestly, to be honest with you, like, I don't know if you've seen me down the shelters, like, after the run, I couldn't walk no. like, a few days. Mm-hmm. And I just, Jesus, fucked. I was bandled, like, you know, I didn't know what was going on. But it just kind of, it just I gave it a week and it just fully grand repaired itself. Uh, it's mad what the body uh, can do and how it adapts. With patience. With patience. Yeah, exactly. It didn't go running the day mm. after. I just took it a nice and handy. Um, now saying I took it nice and handy, I was still doing workouts and was doing like you know keeping yourself keeping myself ticking over. Mm. Yeah. Um, but then this I had it booked this Ironman for the I think it was the 26th of August and I didn't do the run on the 1st of August so not that much no. of a of a, a time and I was thinking to myself jeez I can't am I going to be able to walk again after the run I was thinking um, and then it started creeping up and I was like fuck okay I'm, I'm doing this I was like if I have a booked I'm doing it like I don't want to pull out now so me and Ken, I actually said to Ken, look, I'm doing this. So both of us went down and he was advising me and probably solid advice. I'm, I, I will say, look, just do the cycle like, and, or just do the, the swim and then call it a day from there because my legs were still fairly cooked. And 
we actually camped out the day before and everyone that was doing the Ironman was looking at us like fucking we're fucking mad you know too fucking like we were literally camping down on the lakes of Clarny fucking cooking up dinner over a fire and these lads like you know yourself Ironman is mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. like gear and these lads staying in big hotels and big fucking RVs and campers and stuff like that and they're looking at me like jeez he's like something into the wild like that's jumping on a fucking bike but anyway started to swim I fucking I did like swimming is probably my um, my strongest of the discipline so to answer your question the the event has three disciplines so swim bike run and the distance are a 4k swim, 180k bike, and uh, a marathon then just to, just to, just, just to finish, finish yourself off. off. After yeah. running from Galway. Yeah, to after running from Galway. So I finished the swim. I had it in my mind, but I'll just do a swim, see how I'm getting on. Did the swim, finished the swim, and I came first out of the swim. So first out of the water. So I was kind of looking around, I was like, fuck, I can't. Like, in my mind, I was like, fuck, I might win this. Like, do you know, I yeah, might win yeah, this. Yeah. So then I get up on the bike, then like under my wetsuit, I just had like a tri-suit, so it was just literally just a singlet up on the bike then. And Ken was like, I thought you were not fucking, you know, no, but, yeah. but I just fucking belted on. And sure, didn't I forget all my fucking gear on the bike. So I had like literally just a singlet there and just my, luckily I had my phone in me. I was like, Ken, I need a fucking jacket or something. Mm-hmm. So Ken... Thank God, got me a jack. But anyway, I was on the bike and I had no nutrition then. But this is where the kind of adventure and kind of different, people will call it stupid, obviously not having um, nutrition. Now, I thought I had it in my bottle, but it must have been somewhere else. Um, So I was cycling around and I knew that this time of the year, there was loads of blackberries out. So I was like, right. The next stop, I'm just gonna fill up on the blackberries, like you know, fill up on them. So I stopped eating blackberries, and then I was eating gorse flowers. You can actually eat gorse flowers, you know, the mm-hmm. yellow flowers, actually really nice. So I was eating gorse flowers, eating every bit of the way. Now at this stage, people were fucking flying, uh, past yeah, me. flying past me. I couldn't give bollocks. I was actually having a great time. Now it was, it was tough enough towards a certain stage then, because it was like ninety k in on the bike, and I was like. Jesus, I've no food, and I'm like, you know, when you feel all your stores are depleted, empty sack won't stand. I was like, fuck. So anyway, I was uh, picking blackberries, uh, and then picking a few more course, and this old fella comes out. He's like, what? What are you doing? Bye. Like real Kerry kind of guy. I was like, oh, I'm just doing this race, and he was rolling around the place laughing like that. I was fucking picking blackberries, and he was like, come in for a cup of tea, and I kind of looked down, like I looked at the number, and I was like. In a race, and you know, I I kind of left all like ego of like time and everything. I was like, you know, this is this is probably this is a moment. This will add to my experience. I was like, fuck it. And you know what? I'd love a cup of tea, and he probably has some biscuits in there as well. That's a snake. (laughs) 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 So I went in, and sure enough, he had loads of biscuits. So I was fucking milling the um, and he'd give me chocolate. Chatting away to. And he was telling me stories. He was like, oh, you know what you should do? There's like an old Kerry legend. There's a thing, Iron Mike, and he's drinking the blood of cow, you know, to keep going, like, you know, and this. He's like, oh, that's what you should be doing now. And he was laughing at me. And then I was like, 
Jesus, I should fucking probably get yeah, back yeah, to yeah, this, yeah. you know? So I got back up on the bike and uh, started fucking pedaling away. And that's all I need. Like that little boost. Mm-hmm. Interaction just, even. Interaction, just having the crack. And I was laughing to myself. I was like, fucking, where would you get that? Like in the middle of an Ironman, fucking stopping for a cup of tea, a bit of chocolate, having a crack. And then just uh, belting on. Now, if you had slaughtered a cow for you to give you the blow, <laughs> it would have been a nicer story. <laughs> yeah, that would have been better, to be fair. But then I fucking just took off then on the bike, and obviously it was fucking slow, kind of grind or whatever, but I got it off the bike then, and then into the run, and I was like, fuck. And this is when I was, like, worried, like, because I was like, fuck, I haven't fully tested the legs out um, after that run. So I was like, fuck, I'll... I'll give it a belt and it was actually laps so I broke that down even I was just like just get to five laps so it's like the lock right yeah. get to lock yeah. right get to exactly it's breaking that down I was like right get to five laps I got to the five laps don't feel too bad got to the... and then the eighth lap was the same with the run it was like right I'm nearly here this is the victory laps now just two more victory laps that's it and once I got there, and it does, it really, it, the thing I love about doing things like that, I know people are like, Jesus, man. but you really deep in, you dig into that deep reservoir of how much you can do and how capable and how powerful and how strong you really are. And some, a lot of times we forget that. And even now at the moment, like I haven't done anything that's really, sometimes you start, even after you've done them things, you start to forget. You're like, have you know am I, regret, am I capable of that but yeah yeah i know myself there's a deep reservoir in that and i know once i can kind of realize that i've tapped into that deep reservoir and i've fucking filled the potential that i really have and that everyone has mm-hmm. you know and it, the only really way i find that i could is by true challenge true hardship that i really started to realize the strength that I have, you know, and that all of us has, but yeah, I suppose it's tapping into that. Some maybe have a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I won't even, because I'm just, we're just going through the, the what was and the what is, and, 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 yeah. and then we go to the what now. So like, what is next for Dara Morgan? Like, what is the, where do you go from all of that? So that that's the thing, and it, it is this struggle, because a lot of, like, I don't want to be, sometimes people get caught in this, loop of have to just keep doing these mad mm-hmm. stuff have to keep doing these mad stuff i do them because i love them and it tests myself and it teaches me something about myself and then adds that extra i always find like it adds something to my life all the time doing something extremely hard as damian brown puts it makes your life that bit easier <laughs> do you know and that that's what i find um so like for me what I love to do is sea swimming. I love the process of it. I love everything about it. And I love the kind of adventure that you can tie in with that. So my next big goal is to swim around the coast of Ireland, which is, it's just huge now. Like it's, you think about the, the run, like that was two days, mm. 36 hours, just shy of two days. This will be five months, I'd say. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's, but I think, to be honest with you, that's that's what I need. I need, like, that. some of the best times of my life was when 
everything was focused around that adventure. Everything was focused around that thing. So the trip with Darren, Glenn, mm. five months cooking, camping. You're living that. Sometimes when it's a one or two day adventure, okay, you just brunt it through, get it done, and then you reap the rewards. Mm-hmm. But whereas... No, Every there's day. going to be so many highs, but also a lot of lows. A lot of lows, yeah. And they're yeah. the testimonies. Yeah. Life is like that. Yeah. But when you're committing to, as you said, when you're committing to um, giving yourself a four or five month project, yeah. you're going in with open eyes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know exactly what's going to happen. And, mm. and we don't know, but you're, you're bracing yourself. Yeah. So five months around the coast of Ireland, what would that entail in regards to um, manpower? Because obviously... The Dara who got on the rucksack, packed his rucksack, squashed up a bottle of water to go run across to Galway, yeah. run home, yeah. stopped after 60 kilometers, went back, reset, and said, okay, I need a team. And you got the van, you got the lads, mm. you got the stops, you got the running partners. Um, and and, and you, you, you did it. So yeah. what would something like that entail? So entails two, so your land operations, so you'd have people on the land that would basically stop into the places along the coast and just alert it look this fucking man <laughs> this fella swimming around the coast um you know we're doing it for a great cause is like do you know anywhere that we could like camp or stay or you know even alert people to you know if we're coming in and we're docking into a pub a nice meal and like somewhere that's just kind of set up so that'd be the kind of land operations then from the boat perspective you need a, a good boat, a good uh, captain, a chef, I think is a big, big one, and uh, maybe a physio or just even someone there just pumping the social media content mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's kind of two teams um, of people. And look, I was, I'm in deep planning and processing. I almost have the, the boat sorted. And it's true, a guy in Galway who's it's actually a big Galway hooker. So okay. class, it'd be unbelievable if 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 we could get that for the five months. Nice not uh, to Galway. Yeah, nice not to Galway. You know, and tying in with the cut, like look for me, like we were saying there, Ireland is such a beautiful country and has such a deep, rich history. And these coastal towns, a lot of times, are kind of being forgotten. Like, mm-hmm. and it's showcasing not just swimming swimming is just for me swimming is just a vehicle for the adventure and for um this to take place you know it, it there w- it won't be too centered around like swim swims it'd be more around cooking people connection adventure you know what does that entail because for me anyway what the run did it brought these authentic like-minded people all together true adventure and now i see you know it might be connor walsh uh, and john you know mm-hmm. they never kn- knew each other before they're connected they're doing things they're doing things for mental health Ireland. and um, you know joe and someone else they're setting up their own business and it's making them connections through the vehicle which is obviously an adventure that i want to do but spans out so much more. well it's it's the background staff the, the, the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that yeah. people maybe don't get credit for exactly yeah. but as you know as you've rightly said they are just as important 
as the vehicle in the yeah. water. Yeah. Because to make that vehicle work, you need someone that's going to look after. Yeah. The body parts. It is, if not even more important. And I actually found the happiest times. It wasn't when I was like running or even finishing that run. It was actually here in the crack, like everyone having to get it. Oh, just like what? What was he doing? Cooking and spilling things. on just, you know, happiness is powerful when shared. Like mm-hmm. you know, what I mean? with other people. And I, I know we. I talked about like you know being on my own and doing things, but there's a there's a balance there. You know. Once you share them, you're kind of bound for life with people. Like, of course, it's a beautiful, beautiful bond that you could have, and it's a raw, authentic bond. You know, doing something so pure, you know, like that, and doing something for a good cause as well. Like, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's very, very powerful. So basically, you'll be on the boat, sleeping on the boat, whereas yeah. the, the the land ones would be on a in a camper van or in a tent or whatever. Yeah. So what would happen is. Now, I've done a lot of uh, research. I've talked to a lot of people that actually have um, um, actually have uh, done the swim around Ireland. Um, and look, the logistics of it is that what I would do is go with the tide, so six hours on, six hours off. But obviously, you know, the Irish mm. weather, if we have to, we'll have to, like, what I would prefer to do is just six hours drop anchor or you know stay there on the boat rest recover eat all that six hours back in right and just keep rotate. going rotate that's what ross actually done around uh, great britain as well so i kind of take that but when we have to pull in then there'd be specific zones or even like that like lock grade balance low whatever there's specific places in ireland so for example we're pulling in here we know we're pulling in here and then if there's bad weather, we're pulling in here. So we know yeah, yeah, the yeah. spots, the piers around Ireland. And then the land operations would be probably in charge of just kind of setting up logistics. Logistically, it's around. huge. Yeah, logistically. But that's why a team will, will need to come in. So funding and funding. sponsorship and people with connections mm. um, is is what we're looking for. And, and they will come to you. I know they will. Whether people listen to this podcast um or people in the street because you were meant to meet the lads Dara and, and, and Glenn that 100%. day to get you to where it was. Listen, I could talk to you all day. Um there's room for uh number two. Yeah. Um yeah. you know, who knows? <laughs> You'd be too busy swimming, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'd love to be able to join you on that and, 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 and cover some of it and, and I'm just thinking of all the footage that can be done and the documentary yeah. that can be made. So yeah. Dara, it's been an absolute pleasure. No, and thank you so much for joining me. Thanks a million. All right, thank you. Cheers.